Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill emergency episode because something amazing just happened. Alex, what just happened? Chet Holmgren just happened. Oh my God. Guys, I, I was thinking about this, you know, mid first half and I was like, this might be the most excited I've been about a Thunder basketball event since we traded for Paul George. <laughs> like genuinely might be the most excited I've been for a Thunder basketball event. Like that was so awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I, just uh, to catch everybody up in case you somehow missed it. Chet Holmgren uh, in his NBA debut in the Salt Lake City Summer League uh, finished with 23 points, seven rebounds, four assists, six blocks on seven of nine shooting. Um, Just unreal. Yeah. Four of six from three, four of six took six threes. Many of them off of the dribble. Like, yep. Well, the thing about it, like, you know, the jazz pretty quickly realized, Oh, we can't put our center on Chet Holmgren. Mm -hmm. Like we just can't do it. He can't be, because it's just too big of a mismatch issue issue for us. Um, now, granted, the Jazz were playing Kofi Coburn and, and Taco Fall. I'm not saying that's going to be the case for everybody, but for teams that don't have like legit centers, it's I think that's going to be pretty normal for for what's coming uh, with with Chet. Yeah, um, yeah. By the way, blocked Taco Fall at the rim twice. Twice, yeah. Taco Ball is seven foot six. He might weigh 350 pounds. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is neither of the centers that Chet guarded tonight are good, but they're both the kind of guys that people were are worried that Chet right. can't handle. Right. You know, Kofi Coburn is like 6'11, 285, 290 pounds. Just a monster of a guy and great college basketball player. And there was one possession tonight where he was able to just kind of bump Chet off and get under the rim and just lay it up. Um, he tried to do that early in the game, you know, and you're thinking, oh, crap. And Chet just spiked it into the stance. Like, it was unreal. And that the thing that stood out to me first was just how completely in control of every pick and roll Chet was in. You know, like it was – it just seemed like he was covering both guys. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he is, it, it was, uh, he was in drop coverage and it was like, Oh, they don't have an option here because the guy couldn't pull up and shoot it. And, you know, he was essentially, yeah, he was covering both guys. Yeah. Just like 30 minutes of perfect drop coverage. Yeah. God. And just incredible rotations. Like he is truly, you know, that's the thing, you know, you've heard Sam Vecini talk about, he's, you know, one of the best, uh, defensive prospects he's ever evaluated and you just were like yeah totally you know he was in drop there were a few possessions where he got switched out on guards they didn't do anything yeah, they it was didn't fine try. Yeah. yeah you know when he was in the under he was in the paint there was just no real attempt by any guards to like actually go yeah. try and score just like game. instantly had like the Gobert effect on paint drives just nobody if a guard got into space um and was starting to head to the rim 
they just had to stop. They just took floaters. They took touch shots because they weren't going to challenge him at the rim. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the Thunder's defense tonight, again, you know, this is summer league. The Jazz are not a good summer league team. Like, they don't have no. a bunch of young – like, Jared Butler is, like, their best player. Um, who I, I think Jared Butler is pretty good, but he looked awful tonight just because he couldn't do anything. Um, he finally had a couple buckets after Chet checked out in the fourth quarter. But, like, it was truly – I don't think this is an overstatement. Like, I think this might have been the best rookie debut in summer league history. Like I'm not even, I don't even think I'm overstating it. Like, I think that might be what we just saw. It was like, I I think one one of my favorite summer league moments of all time is Zion just pulling the ball out of Kevin Knox's hands. Yeah. Um, This was like that moment stretched across like an entire game of play. Just, yeah. I, I have never like it's there's, there's just no words there's no words to describe yeah how incredible I it mean was. and it was you know all of this you know comes with a caveat summer league don't overreact I I'm gonna overreact because it's fun and and the thing that you I think you do learn in summer league is generally if a guy looks bad which we had a very <laughs> a one particular guy that did look bad. There, there is a little bit of reason for concern, uh, maybe not as much for a rookie, but when you have a rookie come in and just look like he genuinely was the best player on the court tonight. This is a court that he shared with Josh Giddy. Chet was better than Josh Giddy tonight. Josh yeah. Giddy was great, but Chet was genuinely the best player on the court on both ends. And that to me is, is notable, you know, guys that just aren't going to make it in the pros they don't go out in summer league and do that. You know what I mean? That's, that's not what happens. You know, you'll have guys that come out and they get hot and they're, they're shooting great. And they're just like going off like that. And you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a one-time summer league thing. Most of what we saw tonight, minus, you know, the like true, you know, he was four for six from three, everything else. You're like, Oh yeah, he could do that every game that he plays in the summer. league. You know, no problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is the thing is the Thunder should dominate this summer league. Their t- whole team is lottery picks or guys with NBA experience. That w- It will be expected that they do that they dominate summer leagues. But they just went out and did it. And Chet just went out and did it. And, you know, it's like you can say don't overreact, but what could he have done better? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, you know, and just the thing that was just so exciting was just like I, I am genuinely really excited about the fact that like they just they took the centers off of them so quickly, you know, yeah. and like because it was just so obvious. Oh, he's just going to pull up from three and there's nothing we can do about it. You know what I mean? And, you know, when he did the, you know, it was late in the first half, you know, they get him isolated right outside the three point line. It genuinely looked like Kevin Durant. Yeah. Drove right, spinned back into a, a one-legged fadeaway. It genuinely looked like Kevin Durant on that move. He's not Ke- he's not going to be Kevin Durant as a scorer, but he doesn't need to be because he's a freaking center that's going to be one of the best defenders in the league. And the fact that he can do that when at that point they had put a smaller guy on him, you know, so that's yeah. what he's going to be able to do against smaller guys. And you know, and then you know what he can do against really big guys so like there's just 
<laughs> there's just a world of of opportunities that having Chet Holmgren had has for your team. You know, I tweeted yeah. in the first quarter, I was like, imagine not having Chet Holmgren on your favorite basketball team. Because <laughs> there was like there was one moment in the game where he looked flustered, and it was because the Jazz sent a hard double at him at the half court line. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely going to happen a lot on a team that has Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Kitty on it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be bringing hard doubles. You know, yeah. Now it was it was so fun, man, and like just the fact that like you know he's your center, he he's gonna grab rebounds, he's gonna bring it up the court, he can pass. He had some incredibly, he had some great passes tonight. Yeah. Just, you know, nothing like, you know, he's not Josh Giddy, but like he can see over every, over everybody. He can pass over anybody. Just some really nice things. There was one point where he got fouled and he did this like pretty crazy behind the back pass to Poku. Did you see that one? I was um, like, oh, I might have missed. I was, I wasn't expecting that one. Like he, he got fouled. So it didn't really count, but like it was just like this. He drove left you know, into traffic. And then he like behind the back, got it to, to Poku in the corner. So um, just amazing stuff. I do want to shout out the turn of events that got uh, Chet Holmgren. His first bucket was hilarious, <laughs> like genuinely hilarious where um, Poku, who I'll just go. Poku was terrible tonight. Poku was awful. Really bad. He uh, looked just terrible, but even on Poku's worst nights, he he does things like this where he lost the ball and then he like gets it back. And as he's going out of bounds, he throws a behind the back pass across the court to Josh Giddy, who then gets the ball to Chet, who just drives it in for a wide open dunk all off of Poku's hilarious just behind the back you, you, you yeah. watch him doing it, like what are you doing and then it goes right where it needs to go yeah just poku, stupid. poku with the gagan press um just <laughs> right just so ridiculous um yeah poku was really bad um which yeah. kind of makes like when i'm just a defense where chet has like a competent guy helping off the corner yeah. i don't understand how you score on. right yeah i mean poku like yeah, we'll just talk about Poku too. Like he was genuinely awful on both ends of the court. You know, mm-hmm. he was late on his rotations from the weak side pretty much all night. Or he just was like not paying attention and he would get back cut, or he just would like, oh my guy relocated and I just didn't notice because I was staring at the ball, you know. And then he's he was not a threat rotating in and blocking shots of any kind. I thought offensively. There were times when he was in the open court and he just looked so slow. Like yeah. we were in an advantage situation and he was just so slow with the ball that the jazz were easily able to get back in front of him. And it was just like, man, I'm not sure he's athletic enough to play in the NBA. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was really what I was, what I came away thinking. I was like, man, I just don't know if a guy, unless he becomes a really good shooter, which he made, I think, one or two shots tonight. All of yeah. his misses were awful. Yeah. You know, they none of them looked close. You know, Usman Jang shot the ball really poorly tonight. I think he was four for 15. I don't think I think he hit one jumper. His his shots looked close. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't like they were he was missing long or he was missing short. They 
Poku was missing to the left. He was missing to the right. He was, it looked bad. It was, yeah, you know? it was really bad. And I think that, I mean, the most disappointing thing to me with Poku still, and I mean, it's a summer league game. So these guys, you know, aren't like the chemistry still needs to be developed, but he just was just, he didn't play within the flow of the offense. Like he right. get the ball and then he'd do something stupid with it. And like, because he's so skilled, um, right. sometimes things work, but like, it's just, it's a, it's simple things. Like just keep yeah. the ball moving because Chet is wide open at the top of the key. Just do yeah. that. And there, there were multiple times where he would like get the ball and he would dribble it to a spot on the court where someone was already standing. Yeah. It's like, why, why are you over there, Poku? What are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm basically just, I'm giving up on Poku. You know, it, is, it just kind of is what it is. I think, you know, would I have rather us, you know, would we be in a better position if we had drafted Tyrese Maxey or, you know, Sadiq Bey, Jaden McDaniels? Yes. I understand why we drafted Poku. I think it was fine. It's a yeah. fine swing to make. You know, you just, it's a miss. That's okay. You're going to miss in the draft. Um, and that that's just how it is. You know, he right. was drafted at 17. You know, maybe they gave up too many assets for him, but like he was a worthy player to take a swing on because the best version of him, the guy that panned out, is a genuine difference maker. And I just don't think he's that guy. You yeah. Know, just that's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna um, stop. I'm gonna stop having expectations for Poku. And then he right. can still surprise me. But sure. The reality is I don't need to have expectations for Poku anymore because Chet Holmgren is on this basketball team. Right. Oh, my God. Like everything, like I can't criticize any decision that ultimately led to Chet Holmgren being on this basketball team. Isaiah Roby, you are my hero. Thank you for making that shot against Portland. Yep. Like absolutely. There's absolutely. There's just no way. It worked. It worked out. (laughs) It did. What were your three favorite plays of the night for chet um i think it's the the one-legged fader um probably blocking the jump shot and then immediately going behind the back to start the break ending with an assist just ridiculous yep um and then you know the, the like the ridiculous dunk rejection was that was fun but that was just such a stupid dunk attempt that it's hard to be like yeah that's like Chet just like competently demolished a man um, yeah. who offered himself up to be demolished. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say like um, the um, one of the threes he walked into where it was just like, oh, no, this wasn't even walked into. Like Taco was like out on the three point line and he just pulled up and shot it yeah. and Taco couldn't get his hand up in time. And it's just right. like, holy cow, <laughs> this guy yeah. doesn't even need to be open, open for this to happen no no and the thing about it like so much of what he showed tonight are things that he did he wasn't able to show at Gonzaga for a multitude of reasons you know one being you know he stepped into a team where Drew Timmy was like an all-american so you're gonna have to build you're gonna have to mold your game to Drew Timmy but also just the way college basketball is played you can't do a lot of the things that Chef did tonight I feel like yeah, you know, just there's not space on the court for it. You know, there's not a lot of space on the court for him to be able to do the kind of moves that he did for, with that one legged fadeaway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, like the dude, he's awesome. You know, and I, I think the thing that um, gets me really excited is the way, like his personality to me just screams like superstar personality. Like, cause he yeah. is, he is a motherfucker. Like, you know, they talked to him after the game and they were like, yeah, this, this was a summer league record. And he was like, six blocks is the record. And they were like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I'm breaking that tomorrow. You know, like, right, dude. Like, ho- like, holy shit. Like people don't do that. You know, like that is, mm-hmm. that was incredible, you know? And just like, I, I think he's going to be awesome, you know? And like, yes, it's an overreaction from summer league, but who cares? You know, yeah. like this is all, it's not like he came out and did things we didn't think he could do tonight. You know, he was incredible defensively. And then he did things that he's shown that he can do in the past, just not necessarily at Gonzaga. So like, this dude is, he's legit. <laughs> he's yeah. legit. Another guy that was legit tonight, Josh Giddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 14 points, 11 assists. I mean, the guy's just, he's too good to be playing summer league. Yeah. He probably, it's, it's really that simple. Like I, I'd be surprised if he plays more than one more game. Yeah. You know? Like they might shut him down after tonight. Like he doesn't need to play. Um, I hope he does. I hope I hope we get a, a couple, at least two or three more games out of him. Um, yeah. Just because any game that he doesn't play, it's going to be more boring. So yeah. But like the passes he makes, it's like, dude, elite. You know, he he had a couple of rim attacks tonight where it was like, huh, I didn't, you didn't do that very much last season. You yeah. know, like not just like the float, like yeah, the floater is great, but like there was some like fully extension, some full extension layups. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know? And like my, my thing after tonight, like seriously, if, if we get some version of Chet that looks like this, you know, eventually, I mean, he's not going to look like this in the NBA just right off the bat, but eventually I think he will. If Josh Giddy becomes a pretty good shooter, I think we have the team we need to be a contender. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I would love to have one more piece. You know, obviously I would love to have Victor Wimbanyama. Like, sure, of yeah. course. <laughs> but like, man, we we have something here because Giddy is so elite as a playmaker. You know, he's gonna do everything, like he's gonna organize your team in an elite way. Chet Holmgren. I don't even know what his ceiling is <laughs> now. I mean, like, seriously, like he, he might develop into a guy that is going to be able to do, you know, the pull up threes and the, the, the fadeaways like more consistently. You know, if there's one thing tonight, it's like, yeah, the handle's a little loose in traffic, you sure. know? And I mean, it's, it's probably never going to be like super tight because it's yeah, seven one. Yeah. <laughs> but if he can get a little bit better in those situations and just not force it, force it into those situations. Yeah. Um, that that's a step for him to take, but man, it was, it was awesome. Like the easily again, jazz, bad team, bad summer league team. We're playing the Grizzlies tomorrow. That'll be much, much more um, interesting to watch because the Grizzlies have like actual guys that have played in the NBA um, yeah. on their summer league team. Um, but those two guys were just incredible tonight, man. Like, and you know, we get to add Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's better than both of them. Yeah. We get to add yeah. that. Who is currently just 
lighting the lighting the nations of the Caribbean on fire in FIBA play right now. Yeah, um, he, he is. He is, man. Um, just, you know, and, and it's the same sort of thing as Chet in Summer League, where it's like, oh, yeah, you'd expect him to do that. But it's like, yeah, and he did it. Like, there's, yeah. it's not really possible to have a better game. And right. those guys are going to be on the same team. You know? Yeah, and one, one thing that I think Chet is going to bring to the team is that I think there's just a defensive kind of personality that he brings, like, cause Giddy was busting his ass on defense tonight, man. Oh yeah. Like that dude was just doing his best. Like he's a little bit limited um, defensively, you know, people, you know, elite players are going to be able to create separation with him pretty easily, yeah. I think. But like, He's six foot eight, six foot nine. All he's got to do is just try really hard. He's going to be effective because he's really smart, mm-hmm. you know. And like, there were a few of those like pick and roll possessions where Giddy was the point of attack guy, and I was just like, this is so much size to try mm-hmm. to go up against, you know. Like, there are just there are two large human beings that you're putting into the pick and roll, both of which are like fairly mobile. You know, neither of which are neither of those guys are stiff in any way. But like it was just like, man, teams are going to have a harder time. You know, if you're trying to run pick and roll at Josh Gideon, Chad Hallberg, like that's going to be an issue um, for yeah. especially non elite pick and roll players. So um, and you just think else? like hmm? I was going to say, like you just think about like Chet being perfect in drop on every possession. And it's like. Now he's going to be perfect and drop, and the guy going over the screen is going to be Lugans Dort. Right. Yeah. Or Shea, who is, you know, looks incredible defensively in FIBA yeah. right now. Like, he's trying yeah, and, his ass off in a way that we really haven't seen in a right. Thunder uniform yet, honestly. And, and Shea's the kind of guy when we got him, that was one of the things we thought he would be great at is defense yeah. because he is, he's got all the tools. He's 6'6 with a seven foot wingspan. Like, he should be a good defender. You know, and I, I think he will be under the right circumstances. These these yeah. past couple of years, it's just like, you know, yeah, it's not the most important thing in the world for for Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, you know, he's you know when he's shouldering the largest offensive load of any player not named Luka Doncic, um, playing games of no consequence. Like it's not that yeah. surprising. And like even yeah. like back even like his sophomore season when you know the Thunder were in the playoffs, it's like. That was him in his second year, and he was not guarding guards, right? He was on the right. floor with two smaller guards, which meant that he was going up against guys who had size on him. And that was right. just never going to be the case ever again with this team. Right. Oh, my God. that There were the size that we were able to put on the floor tonight. It just, you know, I keep saying this to Jazz, not a good team, but they were also like a particularly small team, and, mm-hmm. and it as it pertains to like the guard positions, especially now they're running dudes out there that are like six foot one and, you know, Josh Giddy's out there guarding him. Usman Jang's out there guarding him. Poku's out there guarding him. He was bad, but Poku is still seven feet tall, Yeah, you know, and but that's going to cause problems for teams. Um, I think one of my favorite lineups of the night, it was, I think we ran at one point, we had Josh Giddy, Usman Jang, Poku, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Chet like just Usman Jenks playing the two at that point right. that dude is humongous that that I think he is seven feet tall 
I look, you look at him next to Poku yeah. and you say, those are, those people are the same size. Right. Like maybe, you know, maybe six eleven, but he's got a, you know, seven foot wingspan easily. Like he is humongous out there. Like, yeah. holy shit. He's big. Um, what did you, what do you think of Usman overall, other than just the fact that he's huge? Um, I think you commented, and I think you're correct. He looks like a guy who's played in a professional league before on defense. Like he's just a guy who knows how to communicate and knows when to make rotations. He had a great steal um, reading a play. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a lot of possessions, you know, if he is able to play the three, like if that's what he's able to be on the court, he's just going to swallow guys. Yeah. Like small forwards in the NBA are not going to be able to get around him. There's going to be too much Usman. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the thing that, that stood out to me with his size too is that he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the Poku Chet build. Like he no. is kind of thick. You know, not, I mean, he's, he's not like, he, thick, he's thick. a thin but guy, like, but like you see in his shoulders, this is a, this right. is a different kind of guy. Yeah. You're like, this dude can get up to 220, maybe even 230, mm-hmm. you know, by the time he's done. And then he's just genuinely four size. Yeah. And still and, bigger than most force at and point. fluid. You know what I mean? Oh my god, he's so fluid. Like that's one of the things with with Poku is like he's not athletic, but he also just he looks awkward yeah. moving. You know, that's just that's always been the case. Usman Jang looks natural in everything that he does. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't want to I don't want to make this comparison because I don't think they are that close as players, but like. There's a little bit of a, it, just in the way that he moves, of a like late stage Paul George, in his in the like, the smoothness that he moves, he's not as athletic. He doesn't have yeah. that like because Paul George was like this nuclear athlete when he got into the league. Like Usman Jang is not a nuclear athlete by any means, no. but the smoothness that he's able to move defensively and offensively, there were some times where like it's like it's pretty interesting what he's doing right now on offense, <laughs> you know. Like just the way he's able to get to the rim and yeah, because it's it's just he is he's a guy who is like six eleven and is like gonna attack the rim from the perimeter, like yeah. going to go like in isolation in pick and rolls take mismatches to the to the rim, and yeah. at the moment he's gonna finish extremely softly at the rim, oh because yeah, he doesn't realize that he's a battering ram yet. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like. I'm like, dude, you know, you're, you're, you know, we'll say 6'10 right now. Like, you know, you're 6'10, right? Like, just go dunk the basketball. You're at the rim, you know? Yeah. Like, there was just some, some strange and like that. You saw that, you know, even on his highlights, you know, like he just doesn't finish strongly. He doesn't, you know, fully extend to finish. It's more of this like little, he just kind of tries to lay it up and touch shot it into the, to the basket. And it's just weird. I hope he grows out of that. Um, because if he does, I think it's going to be a real problem. Um, yeah. And I do I think, think he's going to shoot it. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the shot wasn't here tonight, but it, it just looks good. It looks good coming out of his yeah. hand. Um, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that you just put hope in. Um, right. It's important to remember how young he is. Um, yeah. I think the learning to finish through contact, I think I, there's a degree to which I don't think he understands how big and strong he is yet. Um yeah. Because it's a thing that came upon him pretty suddenly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once once he learns, 
And I think there's really good reason he will learn. He's going to be a force. I think yeah. probably on both ends, he's going to be a force. That's yeah, pretty exciting. I think he's, he's going to play a lot this year just because he knows how to play defense yeah. to, a certain, to a certain degree. Yeah. And that's Mark is going to love him. Values. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in all likelihood, he's going to look largely horrendous offensively this year. Like, yeah, he's just going to miss largely, a lot of shots. He's, he's going to miss a ton of shots. He's probably going to over dribble quite a bit and turn it over. And you're going to be like, what in the hell is this guy doing? But there's a lot of ability there that if he, if he gets more comfortable, you know, with the shot and it starts going in, like there's, that dude is not against taking the old the old step back three either. Like he kind of likes that shot too. And mm-hmm. if if that starts falling, then you're just like, oh, we might have an all star here. You know what I mean? So um, there's a there's def- a definite pathway to him being like an awesome player. And it, it's so like just the feeling I get watching him as opposed to what I get watching Poku at any point with Poku. Um, it's it's completely different because yeah. Poku's always been a bit of a novelty guy where it's just like it looks funny watching him play basketball and then he does some like pretty impressive stuff just every now and then that you're mm-hmm. like okay maybe there's something here like I don't think Jang is gonna do the whole like behind the back pass stuff or you know no, yeah but well because the thing about super solid yeah the thing about Poku is it was always like God he sees basketball in such an interesting way you know and his the way he translates what he sees into what's on the court is fascinating and it's just like you really just need that vision to line up with what's actually going on um right like if poku was able to apply his talents to the system of basketball the thunder are trying to play it would be okay even if he's kind of a bad defender and even if he's not a very good shooter. Like, he right. would find functional minutes. And he did, at times last year, find functional minutes on those horrible teams down the road, down the stretch. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't think that's how Jang's going to be. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, Jang, yeah, you could, like, you're right. Like, Poku, the way he sees the game makes it hard for him to fit in as a role player. Like, Poku it almost, it, it just would work so much better if he were just like the guy on a team that can go yeah. and do what he wants and then people work around him, but that's just not what it's ever going to be for him Yeah, in the NBA. And Usman Jang, I think is a guy that you're going to start him off as an off ball player predominantly that you hope shoots it well, defends, but I think that he can grow from that and expand his game to become a guy where he like, Oh, now he's, he's attacking closeouts effectively. Oh, now he's able to take advantage of some mismatches to, you know, offensively. Yeah. Um, that that's the hope for him at least. And I think he showed tonight that he at least has the ability to be that guy. Yeah. Um, my, my Jang moment of the night, he had a, he had a switch, uh, whoever the center was at the time on the switch, it might've been talking fall. Um, was sitting way back and he just sat there for a second to look and see if anything happened. And then he took the three and he made it. Yeah. Right. That dude was not, the dude was not shy. Like, and that, that's one of those things, like for where the thunder are right now, you kind of just want guys to be willing to shoot the basketball. Yeah. You know, even if it doesn't go in, you know, thunder were, I think maybe the worst three point shooting team in the league last year. Yeah. But you just, 
it doesn't matter right now. You just take the shots. And with Jang especially, I think they're going to fall at some point. I His shot, because like Poku's shot even, and I keep, I hate piling on Poku like this, but like Poku's always had like weird form. It's always looked yeah. weird. It's, like I mean, just, it's the shot of a guy who has never been very strong and yeah. he puts a lot into getting the ball to the rim. Right. Yeah. Jang, it just, it comes out easy. You know, I think, I think there's some touch there for him that is going to translate into him being a, a, a pretty decent shooter. Um, how do we feel about Santa Clara, J- Jalen Williams? Um, Cause he was awesome tonight too. Oh yeah. I like, that was another one where you had to step back and look at the stat line, which I don't have in front of me, but it was like maybe like 18 points on crazy efficiency. Yeah. It was eight of 11 for 17 points. Okay. Um, yeah. That's the sort of, I will say this about Jalen Williams. He didn't do a lot of ball handling, um, but he still impacted the game, which I think yeah. is an incredibly good sign. Yeah. Yeah, he, he handled the ball more later in the game. They took Giddy out. And he was right. kind of the, you know, Trey Mann didn't play tonight. So he was kind of the backup point guard, um, which the Thunder, like the shortest guy the Thunder played tonight was Aaron Wiggins, who's six foot five. Mm-hmm. You know, like the shortest like ball handler the Thunder played tonight is Jalen Williams, who's six six. Yeah. You know? Like it, it's just incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah. But the, yeah. He, like the, Oh, go ahead. The thing with Jalen is that, like, he's got that Shea Gilgis-Alexander thing where, like, he just puts the ball up at the rim and somehow it goes in. Mm-hmm. It's just – it's it looks – it's like, man, that's kind of bullshit that that went in. You know, like, what the hell – like, what is that? Yeah. And then it just goes in. He's got that insane wingspan, a lot like Shea. It's even longer than Shea's. Um, he's not quite as – like the way he gets to the rim isn't as Shea-esque. Like Shea's just got that weird herky-jerky type thing. Mm-hmm. That's not really the way Jalen Williams is, but his finishing is like, it's kind of similar. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. It's, you know, he's, he's learning to take advantage of the angles that having a body shape like that provides you, um, yeah. which is good. Um, but like, like I said, you know, I think the the most important thing to me was like, he had an impact on the game and it wasn't just like running pick and rolls and taking pull-up mid-range shots. Like he didn't take like right. 15 of those in order to have an impact on the game. He was cutting. He had some great rebounds made a He had an incredible, um, I say incredible. It was good, but I, it was in the, in the context, I was like, oh, okay, this is really good. Um, Shot off a uh, three point shot off motion, um, coming off a yeah. DHO action with the other Jalen Williams. And it's like you yep. see that and you're like, oh, okay, so this guy's this, like, okay, this guy sticks in the NBA probably, right? Well, that's the thing about like, I think what Sam Presti is betting on at this point is he's betting on guys that have been primarily ball handlers, he's betting on their ability to impact the game, to learn how to impact the game off the ball. Which, and if you think about it, it's a lot easier than having a bunch of dudes that are off-ball players that need to learn how to affect the game on the ball. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been in other summer leagues. I remember the Terrence Ferguson point guard experiment. That was one of the worst things you'll ever see. You know, like Terrence Ferguson had zero point guard skills. They tried to develop it, and it like it just never worked. It was just actively awful. You know, Jalen Williams, like. 
He's got good touch around the rim. He can, you know, his shooting, I think is, it's going to be good enough. Yeah. I think he's going to be a guy that teams are going to respect with the ball because he's going to be a guy that attacks closeouts. Great. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's never going to be a guy where teams just don't guard him. Um, And he can pass, he can dribble, he can do all of that. And there were times tonight where like, I thought he moved his feet, his feet well defensively. He showed some athletic pop on some dunks that I didn't know he really had, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, well, he didn't really show that in college, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just there's more to him, I think, than I thought. Um, so that that was awesome. I, I want to see him with the ball in his hands more um, as we go through, and I think we will because we're, we're just not going to see that much more giddy, I don't think. No, there's really you no know? point. He, he right. demonstrated that, like, I mean, he wasn't the best player on the floor because that was Chet, but, yeah. you know, he didn't, he didn't need to be there. Right. He did not. Like, Giddy looked great. Um, how do we feel about the other, the Razorback Williams? There were some nice things, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a really great give-and-go possession late in the game with Usman Jang. That's, yeah. like, that's the sort of thing where you're just like, oh, okay, thank you. That's what this guy's in the league to do. He took a charge again, like his, his signature. Um, and in general, just like was active and involved, you know, didn't do stupid things. Yeah. The thing I'll say about like, he's, he's a really smart defensive player. And I don't think there was any point tonight where he got exposed, like athletically, you know, from like a, a movement on the perimeter standpoint, mm-hmm. but like what was so striking to me is that like, when Chet came out of the game and it was Jalen Williams in the paint, all of a sudden there were some layups. Yeah. You know, they're all of a sudden those jazz guards weren't so scared to go in and try to score at the rim. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, that's not a knock on Jalen Williams. He's just not going to be Chet Holmgren. No. Yeah. And it's the sort of thing where it's like, he is not like a towering rim protector presence. Like, you know, fearless guys or crafty guys are going to be able to get shots off on him. And if you can make difficult layups around him, you know, it's he can't he doesn't have anything to trump that, you know? Yeah, no, he'll be in position. But, you know, then if you're if you can take that extra step and score around him, he can't stop you. Yeah. Well, and how many there's there's zero. There are exactly zero backup centers in the NBA that have the ability to be elite shot blockers and elite screen setters, elite passers. Like he made some really, really nice passes. There was a post-up that he had. He's not going to be a post-up player, but he made a nice skip pass off of that Mm post-up. That's the kind of stuff he's going to do. He's going to operate. And he's probably going to be a guy that you can kind of, that can kind of facilitate your offense on that second unit. There, there are not backup centers that can do that and are great shot blockers. If yeah. they were, they would be starting centers right. easily. You know what I mean? So it is, that's just what you have to give. And, you know, that's the give and take of the, of a backup center. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. Um, I'll say the so other about, thing about mm-hmm. him is that uh, he, he, I just like the way he looks on a basketball yeah. court. You know, he gets compared to JRE a lot. I don't think they're that similar other than like their approaches to the game in terms of like yeah, being sort of intelligent Swiss army knife defensive guys who you hope can shoot it, you know, and just hope do the right things. I, I like <laughs> physically they're very different. Um, yeah. And yeah. Well, let's talk about Jerry a little bit. Like he, that dude was just, like, 
hustle heart and hardwood. That was his, his game tonight. Like dude was crashing the, the offensive glass. He, you know, I think he had nine rebounds in the, the minutes he played. He was running the floor really well in transition. You know, he had that like Poku's probably best play of the night was that pass to him at the end of the third quarter. And he had a yeah. really good finish on that with JRE, man. It's just the dude's got to knock down corner threes. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I think he was over two tonight on those. And like, that's just a shot he has to make because if he can, he is a legitimate, valuable starting four yeah. for the Thunder. Yeah. You know, because he's mobile. Like that dude moves really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the hilarity of, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about my reaction to him on, on draft night a couple of, <laughs> you know, last year. But like he's just, a lot of it, it kind of reminds me of Grant Williams. I was, yeah, it's you know? he's 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 Grant Williams too, I think. Yeah, like I think he's gonna be, I mean, he's bigger than Grant too. Like he's six right. nine, Grant's like six six, six seven, you know, so he's, he's a little bit bigger than Grant Williams. Um, so if he can, if he like, how valuable would it be to have a Grant Williams type next to Chet Holmgren, you know, like, right, that's perfect, that's absolutely perfect, you know, like if you think about it. You know, a lot of teams could say this, but man, if these guys hit, we might have our starting five for the next seven years already. You yeah. know, like Shea, Giddy, Jang, JRE, and Chet. That's an that's an incredible starting five. It is. It's huge. Like Jang six eleven. You know, like Shea is the smallest guy on the court. And I remember talking to you at one point, this was like when we first got Shea and I was like, man, ideally I want a team where Shea is the smallest guy yeah. on the court. Cause Shea, you know, it's the kind of deal where you can put anybody next to him and it'll work. You can put a smaller guy next to him and it'll be fine. But I was just thinking, man, if we could get a team where Shea is the smallest guy, like the versatility that mm-hmm. that team would have, like is pretty special. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that team is just like a championship team. I don't know. Could be, but that's a, that's a ridiculously fun team. Yeah. A ridiculously fun team. Yeah. yeah. And if Chang becomes a starter, you know, like the thing I think about is like, I mean, the guy he bumps in the lineup there is Lou Dort. Right. And if yeah. Lou Dort is coming off the bench, like some backup point guard is having a really bad time. Right. Like I remember Ooh. there was a, there was a game last season where, for some reason, Furkan Korkmaz was taking the ball at the court against Lou. And it's just like, this is just not fair. Like, he can't do it. He won't make it in time. Right. Um, and so, yeah, if the team is in a position where we can, when that can be a thing off the bench, that's great. That's incredible. Well, and then if you want to close with Lou in the lineup, you can just right. slide Jank to the four yeah. easily. You know, like that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I may or may not have done that on 2K already. Who knows? <laughs> Who's to say? Um, but like, no, nah, it's it's awesome. It's so freaking fun to to think about the possibilities for this team. You know, and just think about like if Lou Dort and Jalen Williams are your backup guards. That's like I'm not that's not even mentioning Trey Mann, who I still right. like. I don't I'm not right. against Trey Mann, but like if Lou Dorton and Jalen Williams are your backup guards, like, holy shit. You yeah. know, like that's, that's like potentially like Derek White, Malcolm Brockton, but maybe better. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I love the way the Celtics are built. And that team that we're, we're talking about is pretty similar to that Celtics team. Right. Um, the difference being everybody's going to be really smart with the ball all the time. Yeah. The difference being that there's, you know, Jalen, Jalen Brown is not dribbling the ball off of his foot and doing weird stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the, and Boston, Boston didn't have a Josh Giddy and Boston didn't have a Chad Holmgren. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma city doesn't have a Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's awesome. But you give Usman a year. No, um, no, Usman Jang is not going to become Jason Tate. Um, He's going to be Paul George. (laughs) That's right. Um, It's just, God, Chet's game tonight, man. I think about like, what, like, I feel like the like soft take on Chet, the like trying to find like the median trajectory, it was like, he's like Al Horford. And it's like, No. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Not anymore. He's, he's not. not Al Horford. No. Like Al can't do most of the things Chet showed tonight. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't have the physical capabilities of it. Capable capabilities to do it. Like it because I think Chet, because I think Chet's gonna be a legitimate volume three-point shooter. I think he's gonna be fine. And Al Horford can shoot it from three, but he's a guy. He, if he t- if Al Horford takes 10 threes in a game, you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, he'll probably make four or five of them, but he probably he won't do that every game. If you give Chet the opportunity to just jack threes, he's gonna do it. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's awesome. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Like, you know, obviously, you know, summer league, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't care. I just no. want to be excited about this. Um, and just the, the thinking about like on draft night where, you know, everything got turned upside down when Paolo went one and we got to truly mm-hmm. figure out who Sam Presti preferred between Jabari Smith Jr. and Chet. We all thought it was Chet. There was the 30 seconds where we thought it might be Jabari, <laughs> um, which I still man. I was thinking on draft night, dude, just unload like eight picks and get Jabari too. <laughs> Fuck it all, man. Give Houston all of their picks back. Give them all the Clippers picks and get Jabari too. And let's just fucking go. That's yeah. the thought crossed my mind on draft night. But <laughs> um, I, you know, I think we got the, I think we got the right guy and just like I, the personality for me is just like, this dude's going to be awesome. There's just no way this guy fails. Um, you know, I think you mentioned like the way his body is kind of put together. Like he's never had injury problems. He's not yeah. built like any other seven footer that's had those injury problems. You just if the guy stays healthy, he's going to be a freaking all-star and maybe yeah. more. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I'm just over the moon, just yeah. over the moon. Yeah. This is like, you know, I said earlier we were talking about Poku. It's like it worked out. The Thunder got the guy they needed. Yeah. I mean, it would have been awesome if Poku worked out and panned out and been a really good player. Like that would have been great. Probably didn't happen, but we got Chet, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, that's you know, and that's the thing. Like, if I don't I don't see any way Jalen Williams Santa Clara version fails. I don't think that'll happen. But if Usman Jane sucks, yeah, we got Chet. You know, we we had a good draft because we got Chet and he's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
Like it's it's just it's it. just that simple. Yeah. Um, like, also, we, just in his first NBA game, just immediately take immediately taking command of the defense and organizing, yeah. directing traffic. Like, dude's a stud, and his mentality is incredible. And there's no complaints. No, I mean just the the size that like this team is built to have. Like, there's no way this team isn't going to be awesome defensively in a couple years. Yeah, you know, I like this team could be awesome, awesome defensively this year. That's true. I'm, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely true. And if that's the case, you know, we're probably picking nine or ten this year. Yeah, which, that's okay. Like. That's the thing, like, going into this year, I'm not going to be mad if we, if we win games. Yeah, I'm going to be if, rooting our first to guys, win games this year. Like, Right. Now, if we get to a point where we're not playing Chet, we're not playing Shea. Yeah, and then it's, it's, it's going to be different. But... Teo Maladon, and I'm, I want them to lose those games, obviously, because the Thunder want to lose them too if that's who they're playing. Um, but, yeah, like, I want to see Shea take a step you know, he's, he's stepping into this, he's into his, his rookie extension at this point, right? That is, this is fifth year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he it signed is. it last off season. Duh, yeah. Yeah. So this is fifth year. Take that step. You want to see Giddy take a step into his second year and like, God, he just needs to shoot it. Yeah. God, he, if he can just shoot the basketball, we're going to be impossible to deal with in a couple mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Like, just unruly. Just yeah, oh, <laughs> I need it. I need him to shoot it. Lou Dort, you know, we need him to step up. We need him to step up and be the the three and D guy that we we hope he can be. Yeah, you know, because ideally you've got that guy coming off your bench in a couple of years because Usman Jang's awesome. And oh man, yeah. we're just we're building a better version of the Celtics is what I'm is what I'm thinking here. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're building. We're, I mean, what we're building is the Spurs of the 2020s, mm-hmm. taking all of the ideas that put together the Spurs teams and just letting them play modern basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Sam Presti might be good at his job <laughs> is, is kind of what I'm thinking. Like if, you know, if he builds another team that's able to have sustained, sustained success, Oh my God. Sustained success. Jesus. Um, In Oklahoma city. Like that'll be one of the most impressive things any GM's ever done. Yeah. You know, if he wins a championship, it's probably the most impressive thing any GM's ever done. Um, (laughs) Any singular achievement, I would say, but just if he's able to put a team together, that's makes multiple Western conference finals, maybe a finals appearance. Like that's just incredible. You know? And to think that, like, you know, we were sitting there second year of Paul George. We had just got knocked out in the first round against Portland, mm-hmm. who we swept in the regular season. That was the matchup we wanted, and they beat us in five games. And we thought we were – I thought we were screwed. Yeah. I didn't think it was, was just like we're stuck. It. Yeah. I didn't think we would get what we did for Russ – I sure as hell didn't think we would get what we got for Paul George and just to have come out of it with a future that looks this bright, like they're going to be, you know, Kevin O'Connor 
has already talked about how he thinks Oklahoma has the Oklahoma City has the best young core in the league. You know? Right. Like that's why I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe we drafted a few of his darlings, but oh I agree. Like <laughs> I don't even necessarily agree with him. Like I, I think right. that there are other teams with the case. But this have. this is the way that people at national media outlets are talking about the team in Oklahoma City right now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It is 2010 like, again. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like shit. And hey, you know what? Maybe Kevin Durant's next stop doesn't go the way he plans. And then, you know, homecoming, baby. No. Slide no. him into the four next to Chet. I mean, God, that would be amazing, but it wouldn't, it's yeah. just not gonna happen. I was thinking I, this is this is a fun change. thing to bring up on the pod, bring up on the podcast. Is sure. you know who could really help out in the in getting uh Kevin Durant to Miami? Do you know who could be a real friend for old Pat Riley? Is that Sam Presti? Yeah. Pat's got to ask him if he wants to trade a pick. Sam's got to give him the okay on it, you know? Yeah. And that's true. If the Nets want Bam, they can't have him unless Ben Simmons goes somewhere else. Oh, you want Ben Simmons in Oklahoma City? <laughs> Next to, uh, <laughs> Ben. I think hey, hey, I will hey. say I will say this about Ben Simmons to Oklahoma City at this point. He is not the kind of player I think mentality-wise the Thunder want. Oklahoma City right. is not the kind of destination that Ben Simmons wants, but I do think it is exactly what he needs. I 100 percent agree. Like if if for some reason Ben Simmons like just had a complete and total attitude and mentality change and he came to Oklahoma City. Him and Chet would just terrorize the NBA. Yeah. Like the four and the five. Yeah. Like just absolutely yeah. terrorize. That, the like NBA. that would become a top three defense pretty much immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it would be insane. I don't want it to happen. It won't happen. No, it won't happen. <laughs> just one of those things to think about. Yeah. Maybe try that out on 2K. Maybe it might be kind of fun. But <laughs> um, yeah, like. This team is so fun, man. And, you know, we, we've thrown out a lot of hypotheticals. A lot of things we said tonight might not happen. Usman Jang might turn out to be terrible. Um, Josh Giddy might not ever shoot it at any kind of level. But I think I feel pretty confident in saying that Chet Holmgren's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Williams is going to be a real Santa Clara, the guard. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. And, I think at the very least, if Josh Giddy never gets better than he is today, he's a really good starting point guard in the NBA. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, especially in the regular season, he's going to be yeah. that. He already is that. So, um, man, it's, I'm just, I'm freaking pumped, man. Have yeah. you seen like, there's been some pretty awesome rookie performances. Did you see what Nikola Jovich did today? I saw him hit a shot with a hand in his face, but I didn't see anything, any other part of it. Yeah, he had like 25 points, and yeah, like he looked really good. Keegan Murray's looked awesome. Um, right. Which the, he was the, always going to look awesome. And there is, God, I just love the Kings fans legitimately crying out jubilantly that they're going to win 40 games. Hey, man. It's no shame in that. No shame in that. Hey, it's man, a hard it's, time in Sacramento. It's been a minute. I, uh, I, I was laughing. Someone at like somebody was, I can't even remember who this was, but they were talking about a hypothetical where um, next year the Kings get the number one pick in the draft. And, you know, in the Thunder have the number two pick. 
And they, t- and they t- just they draft Chris Murray. They draft Keegan Murray's brother instead. Of <laughs> Not even Yava. Scoot. <laughs> yeah, no, they they take they took Keegan Murray's brother just because that's who Vivek wants. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure Chris Murray is going to be awesome next year at Iowa. He's probably you know, yeah. he's probably going to yeah. look like Keegan Murray. Um, oh, he's definitely going to look like Keegan Murray because they're freaking <laughs> identical twins. It's insane. <laughs> You know, like, and I, I, I could see Keegan Murray being like good enough this year to right. where, where like, Vivek is just like, I can have two of them. I can have two of those guys. Yeah, I can see that. That would oh be the greatest thing that's ever happened if that happens. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, can you imagine though? Can you imagine this team with Victor Wimbanyama? Let's just go there for a second. Okay. Like, um, that's a team that is playing like '90s size at yeah. the in the front court and goes five out every possession. Right, and all of a sudden, I go from like this team is gonna be really good and really fun to this team's going to be a fucking dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. if your team is built around. Victor Wimbanyama and Chet Holmgren at the four and the five. How are other teams planning on scoring? Right. Because both of those guys could move their feet on the perimeter and guard basically one through five. How do you plan on scoring on those, on those guys? You know, like, yeah, God, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, but the Giddy SGA, Jang, Chet, Wimbanyama lineup. It's just it's the just, biggest lineup in NBA history, and it's the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. that would be hilarious. Yeah. And just genuinely, like, again, like, I would go from, oh, yeah, this team's going to be really great to, oh, this, how many championships? How many? Yeah. Not one, not two, not, like, yeah, it would be like that. But, um, yeah, I don't want to get, get like i don't want to get into that mindset no and i I don't and i would really i would encourage thunder fans not to because the reality is there's no reason to feel there's no reason to put yourself in a position to be disappointed about this team right this team doesn't need victor Wimbanyama to be great yeah yeah no you want you want this team to to look good you know and ideally like maybe we can just be like historically bad in close games this year just unlucky Lose mm-hmm. a bunch of close games, and then the last month of the year, we start playing five G League guys forty eight minutes a night, and lose the last fifteen games or something. Like that would be great, you know. I would love to add one more high lottery pick to this team, but you want to see you want to see potential out of out of Chet this year. You want to see Josh Giddy take a step in SGA, especially too. Like that's yeah. that's what we need to see this year. Um, cause yeah, at a certain point, you know, if you're like, man, we're running these guys out there and we're just losing all these games, then you got to start wondering how good are the players we have. Um, but you know, maybe, you know, Josh Giddy tweaks the hip a little bit, you know, <laughs> you, you sit him for a couple months, SGA, uh, it's a little ankle thing, you know, just saying, I'm just saying maybe just throwing it out there the the West is going to be insane next year. Um, hopefully the fact that teams have more time to rest, there's going to be a little bit more trying just around the league. Yeah. Um, with it being a little bit more with it being a normal off season. And season. Yeah. So the, the issue is going to be San Antonio and Utah joining the tank. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, which in San Antonio is definitely going to win the lottery next year. I mean, that's just how, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Pop they're is going to continue coaching. Gonna, yeah. They're going to, they're going to finish, like, they're going to have one year where they, they like legitimately just tank. They're going to get Wimbenyama and then all of a sudden they're just going to be the Spurs again. Yeah. That's what I've accepted. Mm-hmm. I've truly accepted that as the outcome. Yeah. Um, um, Either that or like the the Pelicans are going to win the lottery again. I'm just going to update everything. But um, um, I'm going to send this clip to you on Twitter and talk about it here for a second. It is a clip of Chet Holmgren um, talking in earshot of a mic um, after a shot of the highlight where he hits the turnaround, uh, and he does say to them like in with a camera maybe five feet away from him, "quote He's little as hell. This dude rules." Dude, Chet's the best. Chet's the best, man. Like, like that dude is, he's a motherfucker. Like, he is serious. he's going to talk shit. Like, this dude crossed Steph Curry in high school and started talking shit to Steph Curry. Yeah. Like, this dude doesn't care. And, like, they were interviewing him at one point, and he talked about how he hates losing because you can't talk shit. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know? he said that he hates losing more than winning. More mm-hmm. he hates sorry, he hates losing more than he likes winning. Everybody right. hates losing more than winning. Um right. yeah. he hates yeah. losing more than he likes winning. Um Dude, that's also, such a yeah. He was asked who he thinks like, the Hall best player in the NBA shit. was. He yep. said, um, me in six months. Yep. He said he's gonna shoot, he's shooting for 50, 40, 90. Yep. Like this dude has the mentality it takes to be just unbelievable yep. out there yeah so i've been watching uh i did want to talk about this a little bit i have been watching I, I i say i've been watching i finished uh the hbo show winning time yeah the lakers have you watched any of that no all i know is that every all of the lakers were very upset oh yeah yeah oh dude there is not a single person that comes off looking great other than maybe genie bus <laughs> i think she's i wonder how that, that like yeah, right. Like I think she's the one that like comes away looking like oh she was this phenom in marketing or whatever. Like everybody else looks like a fucking asshole. Um, one of my favorite bits is like with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like early in the movie, they show him with a clip with a kid. He's like on a movie set. He was in a movie back in the eighties or the seventies. And this kid comes up and asks him for a picture, and you think oh he's gonna be nice, and he just says fuck off, kid. And just killed me. <laughs> just fucking killed me. But For the record, things, we have we have we do have reports that Chet Holmgren is very kind to children. But that's great. That's great. I'm not saying Chet's going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But the thing that like stood out <laughs> to me, like the depiction of Jerry West in that show. Yeah, I get why Jerry West was really mad about it. Um, I don't think he like comes off. After the first couple episodes, they, they paint him like a fucking crazy person. The first episode, first yeah. couple episodes. After that, you're like, okay, this dude's really fucking smart and he's good. Um, but the way they like, it becomes so obvious that like Jerry West just hated losing because he didn't really get joy out of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, he fucking hated losing so much. Like that's how Jordan was too. Magic yeah. Johnson, same way. Like, Larry Bird, like that's how those guys were. And I'm not saying Chet is any of those guys, but that mentality of like hating losing more than 
loving to win, I think is like a pretty common thing throughout. Yeah. Like, and know, the other, like the, the other aspect of that is history. like, if everybody's worried about the thunder developing like a losing culture or whatever, no, right. No. Absolutely not. Not with this guy on the team. That's not happening. Not with this no, guy as the leader of guy, your defense. Josh Giddy, like, nah, that, that's the dumbest argument. It's yeah. so stupid. And like people that say that just, they don't know anything about basketball. Like yeah. seriously, they're, they're just idiots. And like, you know, like Rockets fans are big into that because, because apparently, you know, just being bad because you suck is, is worse than like strategically being bad. Like yeah. the Thunder yeah. have. Yeah, well, it's like worse. everyone was like, oh, well, the Suns, you know, have the Suns developed a losing culture? And it's like, no, they were just bad basketball teams because they weren't well put together. And then they right. lucked into Chris Paul, and now they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and they might get Kevin Durant, you know? That could definitely happen. And the, the, the Suns are going to suck so much whenever Chris Paul and if they get Kevin Durant, whenever those guys are gone, they're going to suck so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because all they're going to be left with are the guys they drafted pulling numbers out of a hat yeah like you literally in the nba you can't win without drafting well you can't win for long periods of time you know like even the heat like who that's who james jones wants to emulate like he wants to be the heat of the of the west essentially like the heat are built around bam out of bio who they drafted tower yeah. heroes their best trade asset right now like both of those guys they were were drafted you know, do you think they had just like a two-person draft board and they just got lucky that one of the, those guys were on it? Fuck no. That is no. not how it went, you know? And the, you can't tell me the Heat don't value scouting when every year they're throwing out dudes that weren't drafted, that were like just went through their system. You know, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, all those guys they found. Yeah. And the, the Suns are just like, ah, we don't, we don't need to worry about that. We're good with having JaVale McGee. Right, yeah. Play. We're, We're going to draft Jalen Smith at 13 or whatever. Yeah. How would the Suns – you think they might like having Tyrese Halliburton on their team right now? Could have been decent. Could have been a decent pickup. Could have been helpful, you know, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, yeah, just, but, yeah, I mean, you, just, you look at the teams that won, right? And it's like the Warriors drafted their core, right? Yeah. The yeah Cat, they did I'm, so well drafting that they lost Kevin Durant and won a championship. Yeah, you know. The Raptors got as lucky as any team will ever get. And they still had to draft a core to put around Kawhi. Right. Well, and they drafted the guys that they traded for. Right. Exactly. You know, and the, I mean, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Have had like some of the worst free agency situations. They lost Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward for nothing. And they made the finals because they drafted Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. Yeah. And, and, and you, you know, people, people criticize Ainge's drafting because he ended up with guys who like, you know, cause by the end of it, he was working with picks that were kind of mediocre and he made some, he missed on some things, but yeah. like you want proof of concept for what the Thunder are doing. Like the Celtics missed on a lot of draft picks and still ended up drafting a core that took them to the finals. Yeah, absolutely. They did. And, you know, that's not even including like Terry Rozier. They drafted him. Yeah. You know, Peyton Pritchard, they drafted him in the late first. Like, yeah. Robert Williams. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect in the draft, and the Thunder are not going to be perfect. But 
they started the rebuild with Shea Gilgis Alexander, who they traded for, and he's been better than they thought he would be. Yeah. The first draft of their rebuild, they drafted Josh Giddy. The second draft, they got Chet. That might be all you need for like a core that is really great to build around. Yeah. You know, and like we've been saying it forever that like, man, if you put a core like that and you have the assets the Thunder have, they're going to be able to trade for a guy if they need one. Yeah. You know, like the next, like Paul George, it won't be Paul George, but like, I don't know, maybe Brandon Ingram or yeah, we'll say Brandon Ingram. Right. You know, things don't work out well in New Orleans. He's got a couple years left on his contract. He decides he doesn't want to go anywhere. He looks at Oklahoma City, not the best place, you know, to go from like a, you know, place. But first of all, Brandon Ingram grew up a Thunder fan. I don't know if people know that, but he did. <laughs> and there's a lot of those guys in the league now. Yeah, there totally is. And if he he sees the Thunder as a team that has Shea, Giddy, and Chet, you know, if you hit on, let's say Usman Jang turns out to be a good player, right? You could probably just you could give give him Usman Jang and some picks, yeah. And then you've got Brandon Ingram, who might be the guy that you're missing, or Lou Dort. I don't I don't even know. I don't even mm-hmm. care. But if you've got the big three, the core that we might have right now with SGA, uh, Giddy, and Chet, dudes are going to want to play with those guys because they can win. You can win a championship. If you can bring in a guy that's better than those three, you can win a championship. Yeah. Man. Oh, hey, maybe we draft Ronnie and we get LeBron, you know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that, would be, that would be fascinating. Just LeBron, just old, old LeBron, just – um, and it's just like LeBron, all you have to do out there is go and be a genius, and yeah. everyone will take care of everything else. Yep, just go be a genius next to Chet Holmgren. You'd be playing the four next to Chet Holmgren. All the defense stuff is taken care of. Just give us twenty points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. Like that'd be that'd be cool. I would be yeah. mad at that. Oh man, anything else? I think that about covers it. We've talked about, we've already gotten LeBron on the team. So I think we've done, I think we've done everything that you can feasibly do in a podcast. I mean, we've talked about this team with LeBron. We've talked about this team with Kevin Durant. We've talked about this team with Ben Simmons. (laughs) And we've talked about this team with Victor Wimbanyama and Brandon Ingram. Like we've, we've gone there. So, yeah. Um, Um, I don't know any Pascal Siakam trades you want to run by me. It'd be great next to Chet too. Great. Man, God, this is awesome. One thing I do want to say is that I think Oklahoma City fans, what we need to start doing is we just need to start talking about trading for Scotty Barnes as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because Raptors Talk about what a good fit it would be. Fuck up. Talk yeah. about that incredible front court. Talk about how mm-hmm. much Scotty would love to play with uh, the guy he's heard so much about in Toronto. In his home country, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Come come home, Scotty. Come home, Scotty. Yeah, like, yeah, I think it'd be great. I think I think we have a duty as, as Thunder fans to throw that out as much as humanly possible because, yeah, because yeah, right. it'd be awesome. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be the great. Defense. And, you know, he would love to play in Oklahoma City, a place that really matches the culture of that Florida State team he played on. And Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, Scotty, Scotty Barnes is such a Thunder player, too. You know, he's, he's a like, classic Thunder player. 
he's both, man. He's like a classic Thunder player and a modern Thunder. He's like maybe the most non-Thunder Thunder player in the NBA, I think. I think that's true. You know, we just just imagine how good things could be with, with Scotty Barnes. We got to get Scotty. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. You, what, you think like two firsts? Protected. Yeah, you know? it's true. You got to give him maybe some yeah. in Houston, maybe like some of the Houston swaps. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Maybe the Denver. Wait, we are traded the Denver first. You know, one of those, one of those picks that are probably going to be in the twenties. This is so mean. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. I would like. I do. I do think Thunder fans need to start becoming bigger jerks on the internet. This is the thing that this is the thing that we're get sort of starting to get outclassed on. I mean, I I'd throw in Lou Dort. I you know I would too. Hey, there you go. A hometown, Canadian. not a hometown, hometown? not hometown, but you know, Home, you, you know, guy. they got a, yeah. that's a fun idea. What if one of those Canadian players went up to play in Toronto, like Jamal Murray or something, RJ Barrett. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's what Toronto should do is they should get, they should, they should make a push for RJ Barrett. That's right. That's right. And we'll give them Lou Dort and a lottery protected first for Scotty Barnes. Yeah. And then. You know, we'll have a great team. They'll be they'll be super happy with that trade. They love they'll love Lou Dort. You know, then then they'll have some. Maybe they can flip that first and go get R.J. Barrett with that. You know, yeah, yeah. Who's to say? But. Okay, thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you're hearing this now. Um, follow us on Twitter at Perd underscore Happily and at RW Maxi. And we'll see you later. Maybe chat will go for like a quadruple double uh, in this next game. And we'll be right back here. Well, he's going to break the break the shot blocking record. You know, that. he's going to do that. Yeah. So at least eight blocks, probably like 35 points tomorrow. You think? I'm thinking 35, God. 38, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll be we'll be back at some point. Probably not tomorrow, but maybe it's a new, it's a new, it's a new era.